Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, aka your holistic guide to being a wealthy woman. I'm your host, Donnie, and on this show, I talk to the dopest women experts, entrepreneurs, influencers, corporate baddies, and occasional wildcard guests while they share their wisdom from the experiences that brought them to where they are today. So let's upgrade our lives together, but more importantly, let's get wealthy. On today's episode, I'm speaking with your favorite accountability coach, Brianna LaShawn. If you don't follow her already, I'm sure at some point one of her viral motivational videos have popped up on your timeline on TikTok or on Instagram because her videos have reached millions of people. Today, she's getting extremely vulnerable and sharing her story in great detail. Today, we're discussing everything from her drug abuse to her alcoholism, and most importantly, how she overcame that and became the great coach that she is today to so many. We also get deep into the habits and the practices that you should be doing in order to transform your identity so that ultimately you can become your highest self. She's really going to challenge you to think deeper about the way that you nurture your mindset. Now, I do want to give a trigger warning, even though this is going to be an amazing episode and it's probably going to help so many of you if you are struggling with mental health at the moment or you are triggered by the talk of substance abuse i highly recommend that you skip to the 12 minute mark now i'm ready to dive deep into her story so let's get into the episode i've been following you for a minute and i love your story i love the way that you show up on social and so i wanted to like be able to dissect that a bit more but also just talk about like how you overcame all the stuff that you went that you've been through, because I feel like a lot of people have struggled with similar things. Um, And even I don't want to like, you know, do the whole like, oh, my trauma is bigger than yours. There are people that have never struggled with what you've struggled with, but they are still having a hard time becoming a better version of themselves. And so I really wanted to talk to you today about that because that's your specialty. So if you could, um, can you give me like some background on your journey yeah no doubt okay so i'm from ohio born and raised in ohio i was partially raised in in michigan as well highland park michigan that's near detroit and at six months old everything started early my mom committed suicide so apparently they don't know if she committed suicide she may have been killed either or i lost my mom at six months old so that was hard and my dad's mom took me in and she my dad's mom is super old school you know when it comes down to the older generation they really didn't there was no self-love there was no focusing on self what that looks like it really was just survival working working two jobs going out there getting it never took time for self so a lot of her trauma never got dealt with it was never even talked about honestly so a lot of our our relationship was pretty toxic there was obviously good moments as well but that traveled into our relationship and then also uh my dad he was in my life he wasn't in my life actively he wasn't there every single day because i lived with his mom but he still he would come get me and i would go visit him when he came he was a a a light in my life honestly i loved when he would come i'm like get me out of here then fast forward a few years down the line i remember being in the back seat with my in the car with my grandmother and having this conversation with her that I had previously with my aunt, my aunt kind of broke it to me that my dad had 30 years. I didn't know what was going on. I kind of felt that there was some truth to it because when I would go over my dad's house, there would be like stacks of money. He always had all the nice cars, the women, the everything. So, but then I figured it out because after a while I started receiving letters from my dad and um, a lot of it is kind of 
I don't really remember a lot of it, of what I went through. I remember I would try to talk about it with my grandmother, but she would kind of dismiss it or she would say, you have me, you're good. Like I would try to talk about the situation with my mom or my dad and it was dismissed. So eventually I started self-soothing with with sexual things because that's what would make me feel better or sleeping. Sleeping was a big one too. And so that's how I would cope with it. And then in high school, I started started drinking more and I would I would be drinking the blackout in, in ninth grade. It was terrible in school. GPA, I literally looked at my GPA two two or three days ago and my GPA average like was a 1.1. So I did not apply myself. I, I know, girl, it was terrible. I, I was depressed in high school. I was extremely depressed in high school. And so But since I was in high school in the ninth grade, I knew that I wanted to join the military. I knew that I wanted to join. Like it was a, a, I had pictures of the Marines on my, on my, on my walls. I had hats. I had all of that. I already knew that that's what I wanted to do from day one. I got out of high school. A few months later, uh, I went to the military, joined the military. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved being there. I thrived there. I've always been uh, someone who was athletic, like taking care of my body, moving my body. And so that was the first time that I really felt like I felt family. Like, yes, I had my family before, but it was different. It was a different type of connection. And I truly enjoyed just being around other people that were doing what I was doing. And so I think it was about like a, a year I met a guy that this was the first time that I was actually attracted to a guy. And I... I'm the type of person I'm not like, if I meet somebody that I like, I'm not going to not talk to them because of the fact that I know that I usually like women. So met him, got to know him. Six months later, we have sex for the first time. I get pregnant. I get pregnant. First time, time, girl. First time I'm pregnant. I call my aunt. I'm like, what am I going to do? She's like, y'all got to get married. Y'all got to get married. That's what she jumped to, <laughs> girl. I get me and my intuition, girl. I it's almost like I said, damn the intuition. I got I get married to him, and a month later, he was in the military as well. A month later, we were married. He takes the PT test. The PT test is basically your where you do push ups, sit ups, and a run. You have to do a certain amount of push-ups, a certain amount of sit-ups in a run in order to pass it in order to stay in the military. So he, yeah, he, I'm pregnant, mind you. I'm like, he has to stay in the military. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this by myself. Girl, he goes and takes the PT test. He's a big dude. And I know he struggles on the run. So I, when I was there, I was running with him because I knew he struggled. I'm pregnant. I'm trying, and he fails the test. So now we're down to a one income household and it's just me taking care of everybody, a man, a child, all of this. So it didn't end up working out. uh, out. I I had the baby, didn't end up working out. And so there was just a lot of strife. And I said, hey, you got it. Like we we can't do this anymore. And so he moves back to New York. And around that same time, I I was deploying to Afghanistan. So I also, uh, a, a year after I had my son, had to leave him to go to Afghanistan. And so my, my, him and my son are both, they went to New York. They're still in New York actually. And so I go to Afghanistan. When I get to Afghanistan, 
his dad and I don't have the best communication. He's not letting me talk to my son for certain conversations that we were having. I'm not going to bash him because I have very much so had my own part in everything. But so downrange, we're dealing with everything. Obviously, obviously, we're getting the IDF, which is indirect fire, which they're trying to blow you up on the base and all that. Sometimes it was very traumatic. I didn't know if I was going to live some days. But uh Eventually, downrange, I ended up getting a hold of alcohol towards the end, and I was blacking out downrange. And so that carried into coming back to the States. When I came back to the States, that's when everything just kind of hit the fan. Everything that I've been through, just the reasons why I joined the military, all of it started to come up. I was very unhappy. I was missing my son when I came back. It, it felt like I felt empty. I felt I didn't know who I was. And I was using the alcohol to soothe the pain. But then I started getting into cocaine and ecstasy. And I was doing that. And I was I was surrounding myself with people that were also doing it and were doing it more than I was doing it. And I don't know if you've ever done anything like that. That's not here nor there. But when you come down off of a a drug that gives you such a high high, you end up hitting this this low. And I hit one of those lows. I couldn't get out the bed. I just wanted to die. I didn't want to go to PT. None of that. So I ended up telling my NCO what I was going through. They took me to they took me to behavioral health, which is self-explanatory is basically they they assess your mental health, see where you're at, and they make you take this test. And immediately they came in the room, they said, we're going to have to admit you. And that was my yeah. first time going to the hospital. And after then, I had nine more hospitalizations. Well, no, I had eight more hospitalizations because I had nine altogether, which include, um, you know, suicidal ideation, suicide attempts. I went to rehab and... Um, I went to some outpatients, but that doesn't include into the nine. And it was just a very rough year. All of that happened within one year of me going into the hospital. And after then, eventually they said, you, you're not going to be able to, you're not fit for duty. You're going to have to get out of here. And I wanted to retire from the military. That's something that I always wanted to do. So that kind of, that really kind of broke my heart. But at the same time, I'm like, they're right. They're right. I'm no good for military. So I uh, medically retire out of the military and I get out and I completely lose my identity because I was so wrapped up in being in the military. Like that was my thing. And when I got out, I did not know who I was. It got to the point where I would, I would start a job. And then two weeks later, a week later, I would quit. Because I would get my work ethic felt so different from a civilian's work ethic. And although there are people in the military that whose work ethic isn't up to par, it just it felt completely different and it didn't feel as purposeful. So I ended up going into a really another really deep depression. But I got out in 2020. 2020 and in October of 2022, I had this spiritual awakening. And <laughs> I call it a spiritual awakening. They say I have bipolar disorder. I I don't care what they say. I really I started to realize before then I was already my first book was the Four Agreements, and that's when I realized wait they've been putting spells on us. 
like with their mm-hmm. with their words, the way that they speak. And I I knew nothing about the words that you speak, the power that you hold and all of this stuff. So I go in more into personal growth and development because I'm like, girl, I need to know all about this because what has my grandmother done, done to me that she doesn't yes. even realize she's done to me? What have I been, mm-hmm. been doing to myself unconsciously? What have I been doing to other people? So I go into this deep dive and I start learning more and more about personal growth and development. I became obsessed because I knew nothing about any of this. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in it, I'm reading all the books. I'm, I'm working out. I'm doing all. And eventually it just hit me. And I think I ran into like Bob Proctor or something like that. Uh, and then I, and then I watched the secret. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. The fact you can create your reality from then Mm -hmm. on forward, I was obsessed with personal growth and development. And I got to a point where everybody was coming to me. They were coming to me because I, they just felt that I was so wiser that I had all the answers I did. I was brainwashing myself with that stuff because I just knew the power of it. And that's really how, that's that's everything that happened. So that, I thank you so much for sharing that because I don't think I've ever heard you tell it in that much detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of parts of that that I'm sure people can relate to. I know for myself, like there was some things that you were saying where I'm like, I've definitely been through that. I've been through that. So like after after you went through that transformation and that awakening um what got you into coaching like how did that transition happen because i know you said a lot of people were coming to you but it's like all that happened pretty quick so how did that happen it did and so in between there i worked at like this homeless shelter and i feel like i really needed to work there but i i still my friends would come to me and it would feel the the exchange would feel spiritual like yes i would be helping them but it would feel like a like i'm helping you evolve type exchange and even when i would just have conversations with other people because i was also in aa for a little bit people will always tell me well girl you are wise beyond your years what do you do for a living all of this and eventually i would get on social media every now and then like yeah i would get on there act cute and be that lesbian on tiktok that's just kind of but Every now and then I would go on there and I would say something. They'd be like, whoa, you got a little bit of knowledge to you. And I didn't expect for it to, I I didn't know what to expect. I would just go in there and say what was on my heart. And people were very receptive to it. They were just, we need more of this. And people started DMing me, especially after they heard my story and where I came from. People started DMing me back to back to back. Yo, I need to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Do you do one-on-one sessions? I'm like, girl, we're about to set this up now. And I was in a space that I didn't. Yeah. And I had a, um, I had a vision back in 2020 after I got out of the military of being a speaker, it came to me. I, it can't, it's one of those things I never tried to, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I had a vision of being a speaker. And I really feel that I believe in a higher power. I feel that God knew what I would be good at. And I just, I never let go of that vision and I'm, I never will. And so staying true to that vision, knowing that I, I was here, that I'm here to do that. Um, people started gravitating towards it. And I set up, I set up an account and people booked the, well, as soon as I put it up, people would start booking with me. Wow. That's mm-hmm. amazing. But even the fact that you had the confidence to do it in the first place, because I know a lot of people, they would have like imposter syndrome 
and they'd be like, I don't know if I should do this or, you know, All the time. but like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. People will come to me and they'll, they, and they, they want to get into coaching, but I think a lot of people don't have a vision. They'll see someone else doing something and they'll just do it because it looks good or that's what they want to do. I had a vision. I felt like at some point I was subconsciously being led because of the fact that I was just acting off it. So I think a lot of people don't know what they want and they don't know what they want clearly. Like it's not. Yes. So. No, that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say too, I know like even just you sharing your story and stuff like that, that level of vulnerability on the internet requires a lot of courage. You know, teaching people requires courage, everything, because you have to have a certain level of trust in yourself and you also have to really know who you are so that you're not shaken when people question it or throw doubt at you or try to make weird judgments. And you have hundreds of thousands of followers. So I'm sure people like judge the things that you put out. (laughs) So how do you handle that? Because I know for a lot of people, they want to share their story. They want to be vulnerable. They feel called to do certain things. They feel like God is telling them to, you know, be a light. But it's like, it's hard because they keep thinking of all the judgments that people are going to make. So how do you combat that? I'm going to be honest with you. I accepted it and I didn't judge myself. I think that's the biggest thing is if you judge yourself, if you judge other people, it's inevitable that you're going to feel. I don't judge other people for anything that they go through because of the fact that I'm no better than you. And I've been through a lot. I've done a lot. And I know a lot of people don't want to admit that they've done a lot. Or a lot of people just want to make it seem like everybody else is the problem. No, I was the problem too. And I knew that I was working on mine. And I knew that what I posted on the internet was me. I'm not going to I'm not gonna come to you about just the good that I am. I'm going to tell you the bad that I've done. I'm going to tell you all of that. So I think I... I understand on a on another level that anybody who judges me, they haven't dealt with their own demons and that has nothing to do with me. That's true. No, I, I love that you said that because that's totally accurate. And sometimes people get offended when I say this, but everything that you think about anything is just your perception. It is mm-hmm. not factual. That does not make it right. <laughs> so whenever someone has thoughts about me or whatever, I literally just take it as that is how they're perceiving it. It doesn't even have to be that deep. It doesn't, you know, like if they're judging things, that is not necessarily a reflection of me. And so I think that's so important. If you're going to be somebody that's on the internet, if you're going to be teaching, if you're going to be putting yourself out there, you always have to remember that everything somebody puts out, somebody says to you, comments, whatever, it is literally a reflection of them. That That's it. It is not a reflection of you. Other people's actions and words are not a reflection of you. So thank you for exactly. saying that because I'm sure that encouraged somebody. Yeah, and definitely another thing is like I'm not going to stop another person from not I'm not going to let them stop me from reaching the people that I am meant to reach because I know I'm supposed to reach people. I'm not going to lie. Exactly. I'm not going to let them stop and I'm not going to let them stop me from pursuing what I know I'm here to do. That's That sounds no. No. no, exactly. And that's yeah. the thing we all, I always like, whenever I've had those moments, I've always gone back to that. And I've remembered like, literally some people's destinies and their purpose and everything, like I'm meant to unlock certain things in people. So if I don't do my part, then it's like, you can't, the other people can't do their part and they can't mm-hmm. evolve the way that they're supposed to. So it's like, at that point, it's like, you're being selfish 
by allowing yourself to be so concerned with these judgments and all this stuff. So it's, it's so much bigger than you thinking about, oh, what are they going to say about me? Who cares? This exactly. is greater than that. So, yeah. so I know there's a lot of people that they're just like sick and tired of their lives. And I know you talked about like you had a lot of low moments. Um, so if there's anybody that's listening and they're just like, I'm really sick and tired of where I'm at. I'm tired of being in the same spot. Um, and maybe they're not even going through anything so crazy, but they're just yeah. like, I, I'm tired of this version of myself. What would you tell them? Like, what would be the steps to get to a better version of themselves? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I have my own community and in that community, what I love about it is everybody's ready to move forward. I've worked with people that said they are ready to move forward and they honestly aren't. I feel like you're not ready to move forward. Uh, a lot of people say they're ready to move forward, but they're not willing to admit that the reason why they're in the position that they're in is it's their fault. If you aren't willing to take full <laughs> yes. responsibility and say, you know what, all of this is my fault and I created it and not condemn it because you created it. It's going to be hard because I, and this is a personal opinion. I believe that we create our reality. I think everything that we experience is past. I think this is the past. This is past thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that we've manifested. And so not only that, but knowing what you want, what do you want? Now that you know what you've created, what do you want? What do you really want to do? Because a lot of what pe people create is out of survival and not creation. So creating not based off of what you see in your physical uh, reality or your five sense reality, right? But what do you want? What do you want to create that is here to serve? Why do you want to create what you want to create? And moving forward from there, not trying to figure out how a lot of people, they, they get caught up in the how, or they want to know how it's going to happen. No, just figure out what you want, what you really feel you, you would, how you would add to the world and be able to serve. So yeah, number one, taking full responsibility. And then what do you want from there? What do you want to do? And what do you want your life to look like? Design your life and make it happen from there. So, um, that's definitely what I would say. And not, not overwhelming the how. Mm, that's good. Not overwhelming the how. I love how you said that. But yeah, I, I completely agree because I always, um, I heard somebody a long time ago, they said the most successful people, the one trait that they all have in common is that they're able to take accountability for everything that happens mm -hmm. to them and in their world. And that when they when that just changed everything for me. When I heard that, I was like, "Okay, you're right. I have to I'll, I have to stop trying to victimize myself in every situation and blame this person and blame that factor and all this stuff." At the end of the day, <laughs> what did Donnie do? That's what Facts. we need to worry about. Facts. And that's when everything shifted. I was like, "Okay, I can do that." Um, but yeah, so I love that advice. That's really good advice. And I hope if you're listening to this, I hope you're taking notes because she's sharing some really good information <laughs> and let her know. Definitely let her know. Tag her. Put it on your story, like your notes that you're taking or if you're watching the video version of this, definitely tag her and let her know how you felt about it because this is some really good information. Oh, can I um, add one more thing to that? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. One thing that I realized. So this would be kind of like a, a shortcut thing because I didn't realize this. And I think a lot of people don't realize this when they first start their journey. So I like, if you don't hear anything else 
I say, well, I hope you did because it will still help you. But on your journey, the easiest way or the best way to get results is to change your internal dialogue or to really change the reason why you got where you what you got in the first place. So you may have a result, whether it's a financial result or let's say you're dealing with weight. You can go out. Is this this lies in your self image? Right. What do you want your self image to be? But also changing your inner dialogue with that. So if you want to, let's say you want to lose weight. Let's say you want to you're you're 200 pounds. You want to lose 50 pounds. You, you want to be 150. When you go and you, let's say you're motivated by a breakup and you go and you start working out heavy, you like I'm about to lose this weight. I'm about to look good. But you never changed your inner dialogue. You never changed the overweight person in your mind. You're going to be end up right back in that position. So changing your inner dialogue and working on that and using med meditation and seeing yourself as that version and really just changing who you are inside and not just try to manage it from the outside because you could just end up right back at square one because you never changed the reason why you got there in the first place. So that's just... Yeah. No, that is so that is so true. Because yeah. the same thing that that very thing happened to me, I was, I hadn't even broken up with a person yet, but I knew I was about to. And I like started my whole fitness journey trying to lose weight. <laughs> I knew it was coming. And I was like, yeah. I'm over this. And I was like, I'm trying to lose weight. I was trying to better myself. But also, I had just started therapy. And I think it was the combination that made it into an actual lifestyle rather than a goal of like, oh, I just want to lose a bunch of weight real quick. It was like, no, this is a lifestyle because I want to see myself as a different person. And but also, too, I knew I knew that that was necessary because I was like, this version of me ain't working right now. And so, yes, it, it, it's the combo that works. So I'm glad you said that because I've experienced yeah. that. Um, OK, so. Your brand is all about accountability, or that's a big part of your brand. And mm -hmm. I know that like you help, you have a whole account accountability group and y'all like hold each other accountable. You you used to call yourself the accountability partner, right? That's what you used to call yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I noticed just me, like in my time of coaching, one of the hardest things to help people through is teaching them to be accountable to themselves. Um, because I noticed a pattern of like, while people were working with me, they would do really good. And then when they'd stop, they couldn't even, because they're not being accountable to me, they were like having a hard time maintaining the results, you know, because they weren't being accountable to themselves. So what do you feel like is the main reason people struggle with being accountable to themselves? <clears throat> the main reason I would say is identity. What do you identify as? That's almost like somebody that is um, a lot of people, they'll identify as an alcoholic, but still want to stop drinking, or they'll identify as a smoker. And James Clear in Atomic Habits makes a really great point when he talks about people that want to stop smoking, but they still identify as a smoker. So let's say that I'm trying to I'm going to say you because I don't want to identify as that. Let's say you trying to stop uh, smoking. <laughs> let's say you trying to stop smoking, right? And mm. I dang, I gotta be the smoker in this. And I offer you a cigarette and I'm like, here, go ahead, hit this. Like hit because I know that you you smoke and you say, No, I'm trying to stop smoking. That means you're still identifying as a smoker because me, if I was to 
if I was to deny that, I'd say, I don't smoke. I'm not, I'm trying to stop it. So if you're saying I'm trying to stop or I'm trying to, that means you're still kind of identifying. So I think a lot of it is how you identify it. I used to be an alcoholic, a bad alcoholic. I didn't even like an AA. They get up there and say, my name is so-and-so. And I'm a, I used to not even say that. I'd be like, my name is Brianna, Brianna and I am recovering from life. That's what I used to say. They'll say, and I am a recovering alcoholic. That's what they'll say. But I already knew the power of words by then. So how are you identifying? Regardless of how it feels, yeah, you may have struggled with it your whole life, but that's why is because you've always identified with it. So a lot of people, they'll say, you know, I'm an overthinker and you have to prove yourself right. We have the tendency to prove ourselves right. So as long as you continue to say that, but you want another thing, although it feels true to you, start to don't identify as it, don't attach it to you because it's not a part of you. That even comes down to the people in your life. Like, I think, no, yeah. I think, lab yeah, labels really wrap people up. Even the girlfriend, boyfriend thing. As soon as you call somebody your girlfriend, boyfriend, everybody start to act up. So it's one of those things where <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's identity and labels. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that to add to that, because you touched on it a little bit, like our brains are so powerful and they look for evidence of everything you're saying to prove it mm -hmm. as factual or to prove it as true. And so you build up these cases in your head to prove that whatever you think, whatever you identify as is true. It's just like when you buy a car, you may not have noticed that car before, but now every time you go out, you see your car, like somebody else driving your car. And it's like, it's the same thing. It's just now it's in your consciousness because you brought it mm -hmm. there and now you keep seeing it over and over and over. So you have to exactly. be so careful about what you're saying, what you feed attention to, all of that, because you're just going to keep finding evidence to say that it's true. So, yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I totally and agree with that. I think that just comes down. So what we're doing right now is like write down what you want your internal dialogue to be and write that every day. Write that yeah. every day. And That's good. I think, like you said, um, at the end of the day, once you know what you want, all of your thoughts all of your words and all of your actions should be in direct alignment with that. Nothing should contradict what you are saying because you could cancel it out right there just by just by speaking something that's not even in alignment with it. Like so Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. So if someone's struggling with being accountable to themselves and they're struggling with the identity part, because my next question was just gonna be like, how what do you think they should do in order to um you know, have better accountability to themselves. But since it's an identity issue, is the main step to, to changing your identity, is it just deciding that you're something else? Or like, what would be the steps to adjusting your identity? Okay, so if, if I had to give some steps alongside that, some, some action steps. Number one, I, I'm really big on, because I've experienced this, right? This is like a shortcut thing, is sometimes I can... I, I don't like to give a bunch of things to do because people will go and try to do all of them and you'll get yeah. nowhere because of the fact that <laughs> yeah. like we only have so much ener conscious energy to use throughout the day before we just wrapped up into the unconscious patterns because 90 to 95% of what we do throughout our days is unconscious patterns and we are sitting in the driver. Whether you think it or not, you're not really awake. You're not really awake to what's going on. You're in the subconscious pattern. So a lot of people, they'll go and they'll exert all this energy and not stick to any of it. So if I had to say one thing, like if I had to say one thing for people to stick to, it would be meditation. 
It would be meditation, visualization, and visualize that person that you want to be, what their inner dialogue is like. Now, there are other things that I could say as well, but that is one thing that because what you're doing, right, and to do it in the mornings and at night, because obviously you probably already know that know this, that's when you are more conscious than subconscious, right? And for people that don't know, your subconscious is basically that automatic set of behaviors that you have. It's you on autopilot. It's like you getting out of the same side of the bed every single morning, you grabbing your toothbrush with the same thing, you responding to things the way that you usually respond, but you can literally be consciously looking at yourself like, I don't even want to respond that way. It's that programming. It's your programming. It's that automatic set of behaviors. And your conscious mind is basically how you, like how you learn and how, like what you impress on the, on the subconscious, what you, so it's, you're more conscious in the brain. So you're more conscious mind in the morning and right before you fall asleep. So you're less subconscious. So you're less programming. So let's say you're 5% you're 5% programming in the morning and at night, but you're more conscious mind. So what you impress on your subconscious, which is the programming is stronger. Now, as you start to wake up and during the day, you are more subconscious, you're more programming. So in the mornings and at nights, you can go in there and you can reprogram yourself to where those automatic set of behaviors are more automatic. Like it, it, it's just the programming running and you really don't have to exert much energy or much effort because you're manipulating it in the morning and at night. So I would just recommend that people go in there and they meditate and they visualize that version of themselves. They visualize what they want and they visualize the results. But not only that, they visualize the process as well, because the, the steps in between are just as important. So for me, right. I visualize myself going hard in the gym. I visualize myself getting up when it's when it's not easy. I visualize myself doing the work. I visualize what I want my community to look like. I visualize what I want the energy to look like. So if I if I had to, it would be meditation slash visualization. I love that. I do. And also too, I'll say when there have been times when I've been trying to adjust my identity to something that I felt like was like a big jump for me. I, when I was visualizing or meditating on that version of myself, I would often ask myself like that, that version of myself questions. And I would be like, what are your habits? What do you think every day? Because maybe it's hard for me, like when I'm like in my normal state to even think on that level. So when I'm meditating on it, a lot of times it just flows and it just comes to me and I'm like, oh, this is what I would be doing as that version of myself. And then I know the habits and the thoughts and all the things that I should be doing on a daily basis so that I can actually you know, bridge the gap between me and that version. So yeah. I love that you and said that. That's really a good. A lot of people don't sit with themselves. That, that. Yeah, they're they're always yeah. distracted. They don't even ask mm -hmm. themselves questions. And yeah. just because you don't know now, like people, people will, I, and I've done this, this is how I know I'm people, is I'll go throughout <laughs> my day and I'll say, yeah. you know what? I don't think I know what I want. I don't mm. think, I, but you never sit down in the quiet and ask yourself you right. ask yourself while you're distracted and you continue to distract yourself so no, yeah i literally that literally happened to me recently because a big shift happened and i was just like i don't even know what i want now and instead of me and i think too it was just because i felt overwhelmed by the situation and everything that was happening but i know better than that I know what so much better than that. And I think I just wanted to sit and have my pity party and my moment. But 
the moment I actually sat and just sat with myself, all of it becomes clear. So it's really that simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is that simple. Just sitting with yourself. Yeah, that's it. I was just making excuses, honestly, because <laughs> I knew exa- my subconscious knew exactly what I wanted and what was next for me. So I just needed to tap into that. So You're yeah, too distracted, man. Way too distracted. Way too distracted. So I'm sure everybody that's listening to this, they can pick up on your energy and they can see that like you are a powerhouse. Like you are very motivating. People find you inspiring. People look at your social media constantly for inspiration. Um, but I know that you are probably, I mean, you are human, you're human. And I'm sure that you're probably not feeling this way 24 seven. So what do you do? Like, what are some of your habits that you do in order to get to the state of mind or to feel positive and get through your routine and maintain everything, you know, that you built for yourself? Mm. Okay. Well, number one, since you said that, I just want to let everybody know I have not always been this way. I have not always been. I used to be the complete opposite. So if you're in that space, don't think that it's not possible for you to be in this space or feel this way most of the time, because most of the time I'm like, people think it's a lie, but most of the time I am this way. But it's because I endured so much in life. It was terrible. I'm so grateful to be where I'm at today. Um, but you are absolutely correct. Girls, sometimes I'm like, tapped out. Tap me out, coach. Get me out the get me out the game, man. I just need to rest. And a lot of the times it's because whenever I feel that way, it's because I stopped prioritizing myself. Every time. Every time I feel that way, I stopped, I stopped doing something. Whether it's I stopped freaking eating the right foods. I done probably ate some pizza. I done probably ate at the Mexican joint and got some kind of cheesy something. Ate ate something I ain't have no business eating. Didn't go to the gym. If I don't go to the gym for one day in my head like that, boom, I'm like, whoa, like that for me. And then also, but also when you go to the gym, don't bullshit. Can I cuss on here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't bullshit when you go to the gym. How you do one thing is how you do everything. I just made a post on this. So when you go to the gym, actually go to the gym, do your reps, push yourself, and you'll just see that bleeding into the rest of your life. So working out, eating right. Uh, another habit is meditation. Meditation, reading. I'm a full, I'm a firm believer in mind, body, spirit. Doing something for your mind, your body, and your spirit every single day, and um. Working on that internal dialogue, and uh, there's this really great book. It's called Positive Mental. Um, what is it? I have to let you know, Donnie, and then you can show your your subscribers. Yeah. Monday, but um, everything that oh, he mentions is going to be in the description of this episode, just so y'all know. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the power of positive thinking or something like that, and okay. that really just kind of yeah. helped me. And um, yeah, but honestly. If I had to give a practical step, because again, like I said, I used to watch stuff and I would just try to apply all of it. I think that can be that can really mess you up, man, honestly. So not like if I if I had to give you one piece of advice for me, one thing that I started with, as I told myself, no matter what, this is something I used to struggle with. No matter what, I'm going to wash the dishes every single night, regardless of how I feel. And that just started to bleed into other areas of my life. No matter what, every single night, I'm going to wash the dishes. So pick something that you currently struggle with that you don't get done every day. Something small. And dedicate yourself towards that every single day, no matter what. I like that. 
And I'm going to start with that one because that's what I struggle with. So. Girl, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'll wash like three dishes. Five will be left. I'll be like, girl, that's good enough. Right. Yeah. That's good. I, that was progress. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. Okay. That's on my to-do list. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, a lot of people touch on the healing journey just a little bit but more so from this perspective of like when you're on the other side and you're like deep in it and you got your you know you have all your tools from your therapist and then you've done all the self-improvement you've read all the books and you actually start seeing things change right you start seeing your life adjusting and things are great you have your boundaries you're really good at that now but the problem is as you start evolving most of the people around you are not and you're outgrowing everyone. <laughs> and in yeah. order to maintain this version of you, you know you have to push some of that to the side. But it feels very lonely. I've heard so many people say, yes, it feels very lonely. Because I had just done a video on this last month. And everybody was like, thanks for encouraging me, but I'm very lonely. Because <laughs> I was like, basically, it was just like a funny little video where I was just like, not you having boundaries, you know, like, yeah. to you, look at you. But everyone was like, yes, but I'm lonely. I'm, I'm very lonely. So what are some things that you did to, like, upgrade your circle when once you actually made, the, you know, these adjustments? Or how did you upgrade your circle? How did you find the people? Yeah, I think it's a natural result of, of working on yourself. It just kind of it it kind of happens. I look, I went through the lonely phase too, but also I was the cause of the lonely phase because of the fact that I kept saying it. I kept saying oh. it. <laughs> I kept saying <laughs> it, and not other. And then it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to fool with nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not even accepting it into my life. So a lot of people saying, Yeah, I'm. Uh, you gonna continue to be. You gonna continue to be. So I I, I also created a. I started saying certain uh, affirmations or whatever you want to call it, uh, mantras to bring people into my life and to be surrounded by like-minded people and didn't say the opposite of that. I stopped. Well, I stopped saying the opposite of that because I was the same way. Man, I don't, I, I don't even. And people will say, I don't like people. Man, shut up. Everybody wants a support system, whether or not you want to admit it or not. Yes, you do. Everybody wants to have somebody that they feel that they can talk to and relate to. It's it's it's, it's basically a need. It's a human need. No, it is. It yeah, is. Yeah, to connect we were with made others. To connect with people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So stop lying. <laughs> That's the key, y'all. Stop lying. No, stop lying. <laughs> No, that's good, though. You're right. It really is that because you start telling the story to yourself. Where it's like, oh, I don't relate to anybody anymore. I don't like people no more. Everybody gets on my nerves. Everybody's toxic. And it's I'm just extremely like, introverted. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good, though. I appreciate you saying that. Um, okay. So what? Of course, you talked about your story and stuff. But like, was there was there anything that like, like, was there like a specific book or a specific um, thing that you heard that was the catalyst for all of this, you know, this whole transformation? Like, what was one of the first things you remember listening to or hearing or reading? The Secret. 
the secret. The secret okay. was the the secret was the catalyst. And I man, after the secret, before then I already mm-hmm. knew who Bob Proctor was, but I binged Bob Proctor, man. I'm like, he just really? sound like he know what he talking about. Yeah, I no, watched, Bob is yeah. everything. <laughs> and that's who that's my coach is through Bob Proctor now. So it's like when I tell you I fully immersed myself in that stuff. Some people they'll here and there do the personal development thing. Even to this day, it's it's I love it. It's my that's my thing. I just I could do it all day, every day, and just listen to it. So, and then another thing is is listening to listening to. I realized at some point I was listening to too many people. I feel you can start listening to too many people and have it. And I think it's good to get different perspectives and stuff like that. But I also think it's it's nice to have kind of create your own philosophy out of that. But I I also once I get a real good book, I'll re I'll reread that book. There's some some books worth rereading it. Absolutely. Sure. I always say that when you're learning, um, and that goes for courses, for books, anything redo it don't just do it one time redo it because you can only retain so much information the first time so that's really good that's a good tip but i asked that question because i'm like if there's anybody that is actually at that point where they are like i want to do something different and i haven't really been exposed to this stuff before that those are good starting places so the secret bob proctor those are like perfect starting places um bob proctor has a ton of youtube videos and then, of course, The Secret is just a movie, so you can go find that. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Um, but I think those are good starting places. And also, too, you saying um, about how people need to, like, kind of narrow in and not listen to so many people. I completely agree, especially TikTok. TikTok is a little dangerous because yes. it's just, like, a rabbit hole. And so not that there are, there's tons of great information on there, but sometimes you just kind of need to narrow in and be cautious of, like, how much of that you're taking in. Because stuff will be contradicting and then you'll be confused and it's just, (laughs) you know, so yes, like I would say, especially if you're just starting out um, until you have the discernment to know, okay, this is for me. This is not, you know, like just be cautious of what you're coming across when you're on social media. And then with that, like with that being said, be careful with that because you're what you start to believe in that becomes your life. Exactly. Like as soon as you start believing something. It, it becomes your way of living. Even if you start thinking that making money is hard, now every time you go to earn money, it's going to be hard for you. And you're going to be like, why is this? You're going you're gonna to take the hard route just because of the fact that you're programmed that way now. Exactly. And you believe that's your story and that's how things are for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think too, um, I even myself, like I've had seasons where everything is just great and then something will happen. And then I start thinking, oh my gosh, is everything hard for me now? Or is this, is this my reality? And it's like, no, this is, that was one thing. Stop looking for evidence that this is your reality. Like just stop. Right. <laughs> Cause it yeah. can get overwhelming and then you go down a hole. It's just a lot. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, okay. So if someone wants to join your group coaching or if they want to work with you, what is the biggest transformation that they will get when working with you? Mm. What do I really see? Man. I'd say get getting clear and concise on what people want. A lot of people don't even really think big until they come around and I really start asking them, well, what do you really want to do? And at first it'd be something like, well, I want to get this job over here at Panera Bread. I'm like, 
you never you never thought to go bigger than that. So thinking big and ha having a, a clear cut direction that they're they're heading in. Another one is consistency, consistency with habits, uh, consistency with and then also more positive inner dialogue, the way that they speak to themselves and the way that they they view their situations. So. I think, yeah, a lot of. Yeah, I, I think uh, that the positive self-talk would definitely outweigh everything. Just the way, like, I will see somebody, when they come in, at first, their their self-belief is low. The way they're talking, I'm like, whoa, first of all, you're not about to be up in here with that because I don't want to be around it, but I don't want my people around that neither. And so I think people start to, that like, my energy can end up being very contagious because obviously surroundings are important. So now I got everybody in there like, Everybody is like, so it's, it's just great surroundings because of the fact that everybody's just kind of feeding off of one another. And if, if anybody is just kind of struggling with that, I'll put them to the side, but like, hey, this isn't really the environment. Because I understand the fact that how, how important surroundings is or how just one, like one person being so heavy can bring down the experience of everybody else. So, yeah, yeah. no, that's good. Okay, so if you're listening and you want to work with her, you want to join her group coaching, I will have all the information down below, uh, or not down below, but in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> but no, that is amazing because a lot of people struggle with that. And I feel like if you can get those habits down and you can fix those things, everything else, it becomes so much easier, so much easier. Um, okay, and so I always love to close things out with this question. What does it mean to you to be a wealthy woman? To me. Mm -hmm. To you. Number one is to dream big. I don't know how I feel about the word dream, but to like to have know that you there are no limitations. You can have whatever you want. Like when you sit down and you ask yourself what I want, you're not asking yourself with chains attached to you you're asking yourself because you're gonna give a clear i want a bugatti i want to <laughs> i want to live in la in the hills like you you sit down and you say like that is that is what i want and i'm gonna have it it means having wealth consciousness being having wealth consciousness you know because at the I end of the that. day it's just yeah it's the other side of lack like uh, and being aware of that um and when i think of a wealthy woman I think of, I love myself. Mm. I love myself. Yes. That's a wealthy woman to me. I love that. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, where can people find you if they want to go follow you and all that? At Brianna LaShawn. And okay. on, so on Instagram, it's at Brianna LaShawn, B-R-I-A-N-N-A-L-A-S-E-A-N. -N -A 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 and then it's the same on TikTok. TikTok, except for there's an underscore, and that should be exactly what you see. And you'll see everything. You'll see the links in my bio. I know Donnie is going to put everything down in the in the description. description but Donnie, box. I really, yeah, yeah I appreciate <laughs> you having me on here as well. It's always a pleasure to be able to add value to other people and not hold back. So I appreciate you even reaching out and giving me the opportunity to be able to speak on your platform. Of course, thank you. This was a pleasure.